As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! You shall not pass! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we're in the fast lane for Bullet Train. Talk to me. I am ready. You are getting the new and improved me. Because if you put peace out in the world, you get peace back. I think you might be forgetting what you do for a living. Take the gun. Every job I do, somebody dies. I'm not that guy anymore. Some conflicts require a gun. Okay, what am I snatching and or grabbing? A briefcase. You said you wanted simple for your first job back. Doesn't get simpler. Dude, I don't even know you! There's nothing simple about this job. Something else going on here? Yeah. I'm not the only one on this train looking for this case. Five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. Written by Zach Olkowitz, based on the book by Kataro Asaka, and directed by David Leach. Bullet Train stars Brad Pitt as Ladybug, Joey King as The Prince, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Tangerine, Brian Tyree Henry as Lemon, Andrew Koji as Kimura, Hiroyuki Sanada as The Elder, and features Michael Shannon, Sandra Bullock, Bad Bunny, Logan Lerman, and Zazie Beetz. David Leach is a master of action comedies. He's directed Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw, and produced the John Wick movies. So when the announcement of Bullet Train starring in a massive cast started rolling into theaters, it became an instant can't miss for me. First and foremost, Bullet Train is a super fun albeit very bloody movie. Think Deadpool 2 minus the fourth wall breaking antics of Wade Wilson. Story-wise, it is a little choppy along the lines of 2006's Smoke and Aces because the story consists of six or so differing stories all intertwined into the film that we see. There are some quick backstory pieces for each of the assassins tossed in, often mid-fight, that can seem like an unnecessary break to some, while I personally enjoy since it shows off how crazy some of these characters truly are. Acting-wise, everybody pulls off their characters very well. Brad Pitt's enlightened criminal simply trying to complete a minor job comes across as a goofier version of his Oceans character and was absolutely amazing, while Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry were both phenomenal playing the twins. But where this movie really shines is in its action sequences and soundtrack, starting with the music... It's a solid mix of silly children's music mixed with Japanese versions of hit songs and a solid score. Music can so easily make or break a film, and in this case, it certainly helped. But the action... The action scenes are so much fun, mixing highly cinematic slow-motion fights, quick close-quarters fights, and a whole lot of guns, swords, and ridiculous luck. The 126 minutes of this movie are almost entirely action, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Bullet Train is not a perfect movie, but if you want a ridiculous action movie with wonderful cameos, who you may be able to guess considering the director and star, Bullet Train is absolutely worth the ride. I give Bullet Train an A-. 
It's starting to cool off out there, so no reason you shouldn't look your best. The team at Swiss Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look great. Walk-ins are always welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with some casting. Deadline is reporting that actor James Franco will be playing Fidel Castro in Miguel Bardem's upcoming Aline of Cuba. Aline of Cuba stars Anna Villafañe as Alina Fernandez, a Cuban exile who just happened to be Fidel Castro's daughter. The film will follow the true life story of Alina, whose birth was the result of a tryst between Revolta and Castro. Revolta sacrificed her and her physician husband's personal belongings and finances to help fund the start of the communist revolution. Fernandez learned that she was Fidel Castro's daughter at the age of 10, when after years of secret visits to her home, her mother finally revealed that El Comandante was her biological father. Meanwhile, in the land of horror, two years ago, I announced that Insidious and Insidious Chapter 2 star Patrick Wilson is returning to the franchise and is set to star in and direct Insidious 5. While the movie is heading into production, Deadline has announced that Insidious and Insidious Chapter 2's co-star Rose Byrne is coming back for the new film. Also joining the cast are Sinclair Daniel, Peter Dagger, and Hayam Abbas. The script was written by Halloween Kills co-writer Scott Teams, based on an idea from Lee Winnell. The film will take place 10 years after the end of Insidious 2, where Josh Lambert heads east to drop his son Dalton off an idyllic, ivy-covered university. However, Dalton's college dream becomes a nightmare when the repressed demons of his past suddenly return to haunt them both. Insidious 5 is scheduled to haunt theaters on July 7th of 2023. While doing press for Bullet Train, director David Leach has confirmed that a script for Nobody 2 is currently in the writing stage. The film, which was heavily shot in the Winnipeg area, stars Bob Odenkirk as an assassin ripped from retirement after a group of petty thieves break into his suburban home. When asked about a prospect for the sequel, Leach said, quote, Oh, I think everyone's really excited about it. Everyone involved is like full steam ahead. We were in the script process, and I think we had so much fun making that. Kelly and I had a blast, the actors had a blast, the studio loved the results, and it's happened. I mean, I think it's happening as fast as we can make it. In other upcoming projects, it was announced that a Working Girl reboot is on its way from 20th Century Studios with Selena Gomez in final negotiations to produce. Plot details for the reboot are unknown, but the 1988 film stars Melanie Griffith, Harrison Ford, Sigourney Weaver, and Joan Cusack. The story revolved around a secretary whose idea gets stolen by her boss. She then seizes an opportunity to steal it back by pretending she has her boss's job. As of now, nothing is confirmed, but I'll keep you posted. This past weekend also saw Seth Rogen announce the title of his upcoming animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which is officially called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. The project is being directed by Jeff Lowe from a script by Brendan O'Brien. Nickelodeon president Brian Robbins previously described the project as a next-level reinvention of the property, while Seth Rogen said that they will be embracing the teenage aspect of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. TMNT Mutant Mayhem will hit theaters August 4th of 2023. In the land of the MCU, Marvel actor Patton Oswalt has confirmed that Eternals 2 is happening with Chloe Zhao returning to direct. Well, on the Today Show, Oswalt told the outlet that Eternals 2 was being made and that Zhao was returning when he said, quote, they have announced that there is going to be an Eternal sequel and Chloe Zhao is going to direct it. So hopefully there will be more adventures of Star Fox and Pip. While this shouldn't be a surprise as the Eternals ended with Marvel saying Eternals will return during the closing credits, Eternals 2 was not featured during Kevin Feige's San Diego Con. Comic-Con announcement. What's so funny?
you want to tell it to me? <laughs> Meanwhile, Lady Gaga has confirmed her involvement with the upcoming Joker sequel coming from director Todd Phillips by releasing a quick video set to Fred Astaire's classic Cheek to Cheek. The teaser featured Joker and Harley Quinn silhouettes dressed in era-appropriate finery while dancing away. After the couple swivels to the old-timey tune, a joyous laugh is heard in the film's title and release date flash on screen. In addition to the Joker 2 teaser, the first story details of Joker, Folia 2, have reportedly surfaced. According to an insider with knowledge about the sequel, a sizable portion of the film will take place inside Arkham Asylum. While this sounds like a no-brainer, it's exciting to think that part of the film takes place in one of Gotham City's most notorious prisons for the criminally insane. It was previously rumored that the film is also part musical. <laughs> Warner Brothers Discovery also made a giant announcement with the cancellation of the upcoming Batgirl film, despite investing $90 million in production. Holy understatements, Batman. Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav has made it clear that it was a decision that needed to be made as they transition into their new business model. The cancellation of the film was brought up during the company's quarter two earnings call via Variety, which also saw Scoob Holiday Haunt also getting axed. When asked about Batgirl, Zaslav said, quote, we're not going to launch a movie until it's ready. We're not going to launch a movie to make a quarter, and we're not going to put a movie out unless we believe in it. When the film was originally announced as being cancelled, Warner Brothers Discovery insisted that it was a business move and not about the film's quality, but Zaslow's explanation seems to point that the movie just wasn't worthy of distribution under the new regime. Read a book, sister. That passive-aggressive number went out long ago. Chicks like you give women a bad name. During the call, Zaslow frequently addressed the company's superhero properties, including Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, saying that the trio is central to the company's broader content strategy. Following the announcement of the cancellation, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Walter Hamada, the head of DC Films, is close to exiting the company due to David Zaslav's clear desire to do a reset as far as the studio's strategy towards superhero movies go. According to The Hollywood Reporter's article, Hamada's decision is the result of the shelving of Batgirl, as he wasn't consulted and is worried about the effect this will have on people who made the movie. Hamada is expected to remain in place until the release of Black Adam on October 25th, First, and no final decisions have currently been made. You won't let me live. You won't let me die. The world needs you. Zaslav continues to claim that they've done a reset on the DC Universe and have a 10-year plan in the works. He brought on former Disney CCO Alan Horn as a consultant with the hope that the new DC Universe can use the structure of the MCU as inspiration. He said, quote, it's very similar to the structure Alan Horn, Bob Iger, and Kevin Feige put together very effectively at Disney. We think we can build a much stronger, sustainable growth business out of DC. As part of that, we are going to focus on quality. We're not going to release any film before it's ready. DC is something we can make better. Zaslav claimed that he is excited about the upcoming DC Universe movies, including Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and The Flash. He said, quote, We're very excited about them. We've seen them. We think they're terrific. And we think we can make them even better. The objective is to grow the DC brand, to grow the characters, but also our job is to protect the DC brand, and that's what we're going to do. Zaslav then went on to the world of streaming to announce that HBO Max would be merging with Discovery Plus, with the combined streaming service set to launch in the US in the summer of 2023. No new name has been announced for the service or what it will cost, but HBO Max currently costs $14.99 American a month without ads or $9.99 a month with ads, while Discovery Plus is priced at $6.99 a month without ads and $4.99 a month with ads. Meanwhile, in the MCU, TikTok user Hayatia posted a video where she asked, the question on everyone's mind, is there a season two? The camera then panned over to Mohamed Diab, showrunner of Moon Knight, who said, of Moon Knight, before shifting over to Oscar Isaac, who teased, why else would we be in Cairo? Diab 
Ahab then shared the video on Twitter with the caption reading, Moon Knight Season 2? Moon Knight followed Stephen Grant, a mild-mannered gift shop employee who becomes plagued with blackouts and memories of another life. Stephen discovers he has a disassociative identity disorder and shares a body with mercenary Mark Spector. As Stephen and Mark's enemies converge upon them, they must navigate their complex identities while thrust into a deadly mystery among the powerful gods of Egypt. According to Deadline, the Marvel series She-Hulk Attorney at Law will now shift a day later and will premiere on August 18th of 2022. There's no solid reason for delaying the series by a day, but it was announced with a slew of release date changes for upcoming shows hitting Disney+. These shows include Growing Up, Season 2 of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, and Dancing with the Stars, which is moving from ABC to its new home on the streaming service. Meanwhile, at Prime, it was announced yesterday that Prime Video has picked up Jake Gyllenhaal's Roadhouse reboot and that two-time UFC champion Conor McGregor will be making his acting debut in the reboot of the 1989 cult classic. The exact details of who McGregor will be playing are unknown, but it does appear that he will play an original character and not himself in the film. The new take on the original follows a former UFC fighter played by Gyllenhaal who takes a job as a bouncer at a roadhouse in the Florida Keys. Soon he discovers that not everything is what it seems in this trouble paradise. Prime also announced that they will be releasing the English language remake of the 2014 Austrian psychological horror film Goodnight Mummy on September 16th. Naomi Watts will be starring in the new version of Goodnight Mummy and is joined in the cast by Cameron and Nicholas Crovetti, Jeremy Bob, Crystal Lucas Perry, and Peter Herman. The original Goodnight Mummy, directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala, told the story of Elias and his twin brother Lucas as they arrive at their mother's house to find her face covered in bandages. The result, she explains, of recent cosmetic surgery. Lucas delights in their mother's uncharacteristically lax house rules, but in Elias's mind, a dreadful thought takes root. The sinking suspicion that this woman beneath the gauze, who's making their food and sleeping in the next room, isn't really their mother. And finally, we end on the news that the scripts for Noah Hawley's upcoming Alien TV series have been turned in, and the series will start shooting next year. FX chairman John Landgraf shared a few more details while speaking with The Hollywood Reporter. He was first asked if Waylon Utani would play a big part of the Alien TV series and while the mysterious corporation is involved, Landgraf said a new corporation would be featured, saying, quote, the alien cinematic universe is that it is a world where it's sort of dominated by large corporate entities, and Waylon yutani has been an important component of the movies. He said that there are reference to that corporation in this show, but it actually takes place in the territory of a different corporation that Noah invented. He continued by saying, I'm a big fan of Alien and Aliens, and I remember watching both of them in the theater and how shockingly original and surprising each of them was in its own way. And so similar to his approach to Fargo, Noah decided not to take Ripley or any character from Alien, except perhaps the Xenomorph itself, but go back and figure out what made the franchise so great and so durable in the first place, and see if he could find an experience that felt like walking into a theater and seeing one of those first two movies, where you get caught off guard. That's all I can say at this point, though. The Alien TV series will take place on Earth around 70 years in the future, and Noah Hawley has previously teased that it will open up the stakes from the typical trapped storylines, saying, quote, the Alien stories are always trapped. Trapped in a prison, trapped in a spaceship, Hawley said. I thought it would be interesting to open it up a little bit so that the stakes of what happens if you can't contain it are more immediate. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, with any potential conflict, there's an opportunity for growth. Yeah.